0: what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the chase thomas podcast the thursday march 17th 2022 edition of the podcast where i am still the aforementioned chase thomas coming to you live from knoxville tennessee uh happy march madness day happy saint patrick's day all that good stuff um yeah it's a busy day vols play this afternoon uh fingers crossed on that front but i'm not really worried i think we're favored by like 18 so um looks like we'll be we'll be fine heading into uh into Saturday but knock on wood uh speaking of the ball's basketball team and just March Madness in general on today's show as you can see is March Madness the extravaganza with stats by will go to statsbywill.com and follow him on twitter at @statsbywill if you've not already done so uh we talk yeah you guessed it all things college basketball all the SEC coach firings like pretty crazy uh biggest March Madness snubs uh stats to watch out for heading into the tournament uh, final four picks upsets in the first round that you should uh, think about all that more on uh, on this edition of the podcast the thursday march 17th edition don't forget folks uh if you are listening to this podcast and you are not already subscribed uh go ahead and hit that subscribe button and on uh, apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast just hit that subscribe button and if you are already subscribed and you like listening to this show every single day Make sure you leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast. It helps other people find the show, and it helps other people uh, just listen. So if you could do that uh, right now, that'd be great. Uh, don't forget, you can also email this very program at chasetimuspodcasts at gmail.com and watch it. Yeah, we're on YouTube. So if you're not already subscribed on the YouTube channel and you'd rather watch the podcast than listen, Guess what? We got you covered. YouTube.com. Type in the Chase Thomas Podcast right there. That simple. That easy. Go do that. Follow, like, share, all that good stuff. Uh yeah. All right. Uh, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um My nephew needs me to record. See, I hate I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on our just March Madness extravaganza and there's not one better way to get ready for march madness than with stats by will tom hart and es and uh, sec network's favorite favorite college basketball analyst um he's got his remedy t-shirt on shout out to remedy coffee caffeinated <laughs> and ready to go and representing remedy hit me up chase the most spikes if you want to put your put a little logo up there or something on the on the youtube feed um well good evening sir how are you
1: doing well excited for march most fun couple of days of the year coming up and uh shout out to remedy maybe i can hook you up i'll uh use my connection which is my friend that owns the shop to <laughs> maybe push something here
0: <laughs> that we could do something where it's like we can just put a little sign up something like that or just put some merch and like maybe just a little look I, I would do it i'm i want to support local businesses and we, you have pro remedy coffee here on this podcast will yes um but we have some college basketball stuff to get into because, man, like you said, the most wonderful time of the year, uh, March Madness is going to be happening over the next couple of days. The NBA just like punted. They just got like magic pistons on tomorrow night, I think. So it's just <laughs> Thursday is just college basketball day. And it's uh, it's gonna be a lot. Do uh, you check tomorrow off or are you, wor- are you working? I am working. <laughs> so I have a
1: meeting that ends at 3 p.m. 15 Mm -hmm. minutes after the tip of the Tennessee game. And I am desperately hoping Michigan Colorado State goes long. So I don't Mm. miss any of it. Okay. So I I can work. Like I can get work done while watching the game in the background. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like, you know, Longwood is on track to be stressful. But yeah.
0: 18 point favorites, I think, as of right now. Huge, huge fave. We should be okay. This is not going to be an Oregon State situation like last year.
1: No, this is more of a right state situation to me. Okay. It's like you you draw the 14 seed, maybe a couple of sites like, oh, Tennessee Longwood, you never know. (laughs) And then it's like at halftime, Tennessee's up by 16 because there's just like one team has Kennedy Chandler and the other one doesn't.
0: So Mm. there you go.
1: And and also Longwood's tallest player is six, seven, which seems like a real problem against Tennessee.
0: What if. Can we go a four big lineup? Because also they were saying on the broadcast on Sunday, I think that like Tennessee is that they go four guards a lot. They they were like they have a four guard lineup, and I'm like, who's the fourth guard? Who are we talking about? They're talking
1: about James, but that's more like three guards, a wing, and a center to me.
0: Yes, that's he's not a guard. That man is a he's wing. He's a
1: stretch four, I would say. Yeah. but I don't think of him as a guard. I think it's like a shorthand for it, and I understand okay. what they're going for. But it would just be easier to say a three point guard lineup to me.
0: Yes. that's that would make more sense yeah Uh, but i heard that and i was like i don't know are they really calling james okay whatever um doesn't matter because we won but guess what tennessee winning doesn't matter will tennessee winning any games they should not have played so i hope rick barnes does a statement next year where tennessee refuses like tennessee refuses to play unless the rules change and unless the committee changes where the weekends matter Jimmy Dykes was talking about this on Marty's podcast uh this week that like Lenardi just getting crushed by ball nation rough week for Joe Lenardi and Joe
1: Joe was getting it for my grandmother of all (laughs) people she was cutting a promo on him and I was like why she was like why is he so mean to Tennessee and I was like well (laughs) I mean I don't think he's overly mean to Tennessee necessarily he's just doing his job but yeah it was uh I'm glad Obviously, that they won this game because it mm. got a lot of hurt and pain of four decades plus out of the way. And if they never played in that event again, I would not miss it one bit.
0: It just doesn't matter. It's like, what is the point? If we us beating Kentucky on Saturday has no bearing on the tournament, and Texas A and M running the gauntlet and that also having no bearing because of where te- the committee saw them going into Friday, that's insane. Like, what are we doing?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, A and M being the fourth team out was a little eye opening. I thought, yeah. I thought, you know, like when I, when I saw them out, you know, I kind of realized whatever the final bracket was when they revealed, uh, I believe it was the 11 seed play in game. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yeah. And M's not in this field. I was like, Oh, well, you know, maybe Richmond winning knocked them out. and They're the first team out or whatever. No mm-hmm. Dayton was, why was Dayton the first team out? That made no sense to me.
0: Yeah. I don't know. The committee, uh, poor Lenardi having to just, go on ESPN and defend all this. And he's like, well, the number it's like, man, poor dude. I didn't like his attitude. Didn't like the attitude. uh, Mr. Lenardi, I will yeah. say I, he could have been better about it. There, there could have been a way there was, a, there was a, there was a lack of empathy and understanding that like Tennessee should not have been number three. So just come out there and just be like, I understand where they're coming from. They have a right to be upset, but it was more, I didn't, I didn't feel the warmth. I didn't feel the warmth from Knoxville, Tennessee that uh, was necessary because I was annoyed. Um, I'm sure you were annoyed, but in the grand scheme of things, I guess it won't really matter. It's just Kentucky being a two seed and Duke being a two seed just is going to bother me. I mean, Duke, you got Duke Long is with, the
1: obvious one, I think. There's like, yeah. there is no reason for that resume to get a two seed other than the fact that they are named Duke. I mean, it's clear as they want Coach K that. in the Final Four. Yeah, they. But well, I think maybe their little act of revenge is giving him Gonzaga as the path to get through. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, but
1: yeah, I I mean that was quite disappointing to see, um, and also like selfishly disappointing because I really wanted that Greenville spot for travel purposes. Had they mm. had they played in Greenville, I probably would have gone Sunday. Indy being five hours away on a Saturday, likely a noon tip is a tough ask. Yeah,
0: how I mean Greenville's what two hours, two and a half, which that's half. not bad at all.
1: That, that's no. like a that's like Nashville basically.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. Um, your biggest march madness snubs were who
1: so i guess AM is going to be the obvious one for everybody mm. um i personally cannot say that i'm that upset over it because i don't find them like that entertaining to watch i mean their their whole thing was they just got really hot at the right time uh from three and then uh, lo and behold the second they played a top five defense those threes dried up real quick mm. um But I would have rather had them in the field than Rutgers, certainly. And I know this is being recorded as Rutgers plays in the first four, so maybe they win and get through. But I'm sticking by it. I don't think Rutgers should have been in the field. Um, But other than that, I was personally most surprised and dismayed by SMU being left out. Uh, I get that they didn't leave a great impression. I mean, it's not like we've seen a ton of at-larges come from the AAC semifinal loser. Mm -hmm. But that's a team... Uh, ranked one spot below first four entrant Notre Dame, also playing right now, and Ken Palm. And if you want to compare them versus Notre Dame, SMU went six and six versus quadrants one and two. Notre Dame four and nine. So I don't understand why Notre Dame was actually somewhat safely in the field at the 11th line, and SMU didn't seem to be very close. That that was the team where I immediately thought, you know, I would have much rather, rather had them in the field than a couple of these squads.
0: Hmm yeah i just i just feel bad for the eggs but shout out to uh buzz uh buzz williams (laughs) and that press that presser he did that was fantastic buzz
1: is encroaching on a level of insanity i can appreciate (laughs) i i think it it's just it's charming and bizarre enough to really work for him
0: hey it works works for him it works for us man um in terms of the first observations when you went through the bracket and you've had a couple of days to think about it, what uh, what stood out to you? What uh what have been your biggest uh things that you can't uh you can't shake?
1: So I think anybody obviously you watch Selection Sunday, I watch Selection Sunday. The first thing I'm sure both of us thought was, man, there are some weird seedings in here. So obviously mm-hmm. like Tennessee being a three was out there, but like UCLA being a four, I was a little puzzled by Iowa being stuck at a five, I didn't quite get There are some further down, like Georgia state being a 16 with like a 14, 15 resume is very weird. I did not understand that one. And I really did not understand pairing them with Gonzaga. So I'm not sure what happened there. But I became even more negative on it after reading through it and going through some historical stuff. So uh, I want to shout out a guy I met years ago through uh, the Immortal Bracket Science website. His name is Mike Lineberry, and he runs this very charmingly outdated blog spot called Project Perfect Bracket. Hmm. Um, he's used Kenpom's number since 2008, so 14 tournaments. Has a database how each team ranks out among the 56 team seed group at each line. Uh, I'm going to read off these rankings for the one through four seeds to you, because I think it's going to hammer home just how weak, uh, the top end of this field as compared to previous years. So one seed. Okay. This is out of 56. Number 11, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. 50, 51, and 52. Arizona, Baylor, Kansas in order. Hmm. Two seeds. Again, out of 56. 36, 37, 45, 47. And then at the three and four lines, so you have Tennessee and Texas Tech holding up the, their end of the bra- the bargain on the three line, right? You know, seven and I believe 10 for Texas Tech. You have the worst ever three seed, uh, at least in terms of efficiency margin with Wisconsin. And you have the worst ever four seed period with Providence. So hmm. that's the top four seed lines. The top th- line, that's three of the seven worst teams to hold a one seed in the last 15 years the two worst three and four seeds. And even going further, Colorado State, 54th out of 56 among the six seeds. Michigan State, USC, two of the five weakest seven seeds in 15 years. Only two seed lines have three of their four teams in the top 30 of those samples, and it's the 13 and 15 lines. So I think that's why you're seeing uh, bizarrely good odds for 13 seeds to win a couple. Like Vermont ranks out really well and obviously south dakota state being sort of the luck of the draw winner getting providence uh i would look for a 13 seeds in particular to overachieve and i think three seeds will too because you know on the whole it's not a bad group i mean 10 Mm -hmm. obviously wisconsin brings down the average but like tennessee 7th texas tech 10th purdue 13th that's a pretty solid grouping and i think at minimum that's like two teams in the sweet 16 and probably one or two in the elite eight if not further
0: are you surprised to see a lot of people put Tennessee in the final four?
1: No, I, I think this is sort of a recency bias thing, which is unfortunate because I thought before the tournament, Tennessee was going to be a phenomenal value pick for the final mm. four. And now they're just kind of like, fine. It's it's like, you're not really making much. You would make a lot more if you picked Houston, but um, I, I don't th- like I our chances against a...
0: Villanova. Like I just, if we get Villanova later on, I just, I don't think that goes well.
1: Well, what if they don't play Villanova? What well, that's what I'm really saying. All? Like
0: we need, that's what I'm saying. We need Villanova out. Like if that, I think it hinges on Villanova. Like I think if yeah, that I, I can't shake Villanova. Like I don't like that matchup for Tennessee at all.
1: See, I, I like it a lot because I think Tennessee completely fixed the offense since the time they played Villanova, it would be a much better and competitive game. Do you think it's fixed? Around.
0: Which part of yes. what, the the five the five minute it just scoreless drought we had over? The, like we we're still doing the droughts. The droughts but, are still but you have a part the of it.
1: Runs to go with it. Tennessee's True. runs offensively are counterbalancing those dry spells, and every team yeah. has dry spells. Even Gonzaga does from time to time. Uh, Tennessee's just happen to be pertinent because we watch every game. Maybe that's um, what it is. I think that could be it because it, it does happen to like every other game for Tennessee. Where you have like a four plus minute spell of no scoring, but then that's counterbalanced with like a very quick eight nothing run that's just Chandler and Ziegler scoring. So yeah. I, I think it's been a Tennessee, lot of Chandler, Tennessee, man.
0: Casey has yeah, played Tennessee, so well.
1: You look back to that Villanova game, it's a different team in a way. Like Powell was mm-hmm. playing 20 plus minutes a night, Bailey was at 15 plus, Ziegler was still at like an eight to 10 minute a game guy until that North Carolina game. So hmm. The rotation is a lot different. I mean, Huntley Hatfield was barely playing at all. Uh, I mean, I do wasn't even a factor. So different team, different three-point guard, four-guard lineup, whatever people want to call it. <laughs> so I, I think Tennessee's, Tennessee has improved immensely over the course of the season, whereas I kind of believe Villanova is more or less what they were in November.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, your favorite upset picks are...
1: Um, I, I have five for the okay. round of 64. So Michigan over Colorado state is a very easy one because Michigan is the only, uh, 11 plus seed favored in any of these games. So mm. I, I think that was just like a pretty obvious, you know, I don't even have to think twice about that. Devonte Jones being out with a concussion is a little worrisome, but I mean, I just think Michigan straight up the better team. I do not like that. I like Virginia tech over Texas because I think that mm. one's gotten too popular. I noticed today that over half of people have picked Virginia Tech on ESPN, and I was thinking that is unusually huh. high for an 11 seed. And I think it's because they had the run. But I mean, Virginia Tech's legit. They're up to uh, I think 19th in ESPN's BPI, which is crazy for an 11 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I like that one. Uh, I was sadly happy that Indiana beat Wyoming last night because then it meant I could pick Indiana over St. Mary's. I think Indiana's just they're they look pretty good at the right time Jackson Davis. I don't really know who on St. Mary's is going to check him. And then I'm pick I'm really looking to exploit that 13 line this year. So obviously South Dakota State over Providence because I'm going to get to that one in the stat at the very end, but that one mm. is an easy one. And then I think Arkansas is being overvalued.
0: That was and my so, number 1 was Vermont. Yeah, Vermont's like my number Vermont 1.
1: Over Arkansas. I I just, you know, we got to watch Arkansas a lot, being SEC basketball viewers. And yeah. you want to talk about Tennessee having some dry spells. <laughs> when J.D. Notay is not hitting shots, that Arkansas offense is putrid to watch. Absolutely disgusting. And <laughs> against like a legitimately really good team in Vermont, those mm-hmm. dry spells could be really damaging. So I could see Vermont pulling off something crazy. Beyond that, there were not any deep do you like moonshots? Loyola over
0: ohio state did you mention them
1: yeah but that's not i I don't consider nine over eight or ten over seven upsets those are coin okay. games so but i do like you could be houston i
0: think is another one to watch uh
1: I, I don't like uab on that one frankly wow I, I loved, You're, you've turned really on Andy Kennedy. UAB, frankly i really wanted uab to draw saint mary's because i thought oh, okay. that was the most vulnerable five and so i was bummed that was indiana instead. because i don't think indiana is fun to watch frankly <laughs> I was openly rooting for Wyoming last night, but um, I didn't see any moonshots I really like this year. I don't see any, like, 15 over 2s that look notable. Like, Auburn Mm -hmm. and maybe Villanova could be a little vulnerable if they have a bad shooting night, but, like, I don't think Duke is going to have an issue, and I don't think... um, God, who's the other two seed? Whatever. I don't think they're ha- Kentucky. I can't believe we yeah. got Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky's gonna struggle with St. Peter's. And then no. three seed, the only one I can see being close at all is Wisconsin Colgate. Hmm. Uh just because I think Wisconsin is fake good, as I've mentioned for a month now. Mm-hmm. Um Greg Gard, better get those fists ready. <laughs> uh uh, not, but I just I would be I would be more expecting Wisconsin to lose the next round than I would in the round of 64.
0: Mm. Who is your final four?
1: It's the question everybody has to ask, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a rematch. Gonzaga, UCLA on the left side of the bracket. Uh, UCLA is number eight in Ken Palm. I don't know if people know that, but that is crazy good for a four seed. And like Kentucky's odds, I don't really like because I don't think Kentucky's that complete of a team. It, It was, I mean, frankly, it's been really notable to me that Tennessee, who lost their... I think agreed upon best center, right. in Kamwa a month ago, completely handled Oscar Shibway, all three meetings. And I know some of that is structural, right? Like some of that is just built into what Tennessee does, but the fact that Shibway could not get anything going at all for any extended period of time against like euros,
0: plastic
1: and Wait, put some uh, respect Huntley on his name,
0: him. but we were I also know, fouling like, the crap out of him and they weren't calling it. Like it was one of those where we physical. We were, it. that was a, that was a wrestling match. But that's here.
1: that's probably going to be how it's called in the tournament. I think that think so? tournament games generally get lower foul, uh, lower amount of foul calls than regular season mm. games because the officials they pick are typically quote the best and they quote <laughs> don't want to take over the game unless they pick friggin' Pat Adams. So oh. we'll see. But I I like Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is just obviously the best team in their grouping. They. Initially, when they did the reveal, I was like, oh man, Gonzaga-Memphis, that could be spicy. But that also could be the only close game Gonzaga plays in that bracket. Mm Because I don't think Duke, I think we're agreed upon, like Duke does not look good. I think it's going to be Texas Tech that gets out of there instead. Um, The UCLA thing is just, I I think UCLA has sort of flown under the radar this whole season. Wait, I thought you had Gonzaga getting out. No, I have Gonzaga winning the West. UCLA in the bottom left, the uh, East region.
0: Yeah, but you can't have Texas Tech. Texas, the Texas in the West.
1: Tech to the Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Okay.
0: I, okay. I was confused. Okay. Got it.
1: That's okay. My bad. Um, I, I do not trust Baylor at all. I think them losing Chamwa Chachwa. Yeah. God, I'm so lucky I got that somewhat right. You did it. JTT. JTT. Uh, them losing him seems like a real problem defensively. I looked it up this week, and uh, since he left, they've been four points worse per 100 defensively uh adjusted for competition which is like not great when you have like ucla or even north carolina on the horizon mm-hmm. um and I, like i said I, kentucky just doesn't I, I like their odds but they have quite the path i mean murray State that's what i'm or, more
0: mad about like we if we got in the kentucky spot that two seat in that bracket like i would just pencil it in like i'm buying final four tickets at that see side of I, I am
1: not i think kentucky's got a crazy hard path so murray wow. and san francisco like Murray, I think we know is really good, but San Fran, number 23 in Ken Palm. And then you've got either Purdue, who can shoot the lights out on any given night, or potentially like Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16. But like Mm. Kentucky is staring down a path where you got to go 15 seed, number 23, number 13, number eight, or number five to the final four. And like compare and contrast that with Auburn's path, like (laughs) Auburn's path looks pretty easy in comparison. Mm. Then right side of the bracket, I have gone on record as saying Tennessee is going to make the final four and I'm standing by it.
0: Yes. Um,
1: I do I think part of this is just the value thing, where I've noticed a lot like ESPN's little uh whom picked whom thing, people mm. are overwhelmingly picking Arizona. And I get it, like Arizona's been pretty darn good this year, right? But it goes back to what I mentioned. Arizona, despite being the second best team in basketball this year one of the worst one seeds in the last 15 years, like at 50th Hmm. of 56 in that adjusted efficiency margin, not like awful, but I mean, they're more vulnerable than I think people think they are. And they have to get through Houston. Who's a top five team uh, to get there. And I mean, I mean, I'm not saying like even Seton hall or TCU can't beat them. Like those are two pretty solid teams. Uh, And then the bottom. So the Midwest region is my pick for the one that blows up. I Hmm. think like, I do not trust Kansas at all. I think San Diego State's a crazy hard draw uh, in the second round. And then if they get past that, they got to get past Iowa, who has merely been uh, one of the five best teams in college hoops this uh, last couple of months. Uh, Auburn has a really easy path to the Elite Eight, but I don't know if anybody really trusts Auburn, and I couldn't blame anybody who doesn't pick them. So I went with Iowa, but I expect that one to be the most wrong where like I could easily see like an eight seed or something popping out of the Midwest.
0: Yeah, I um I have Gonzaga, Kentucky. I hate that I put Kentucky in here. I I hate. I could see Purdue also just being hot yeah. enough offensively that they could get out. And like you said, I UCLA is probably the best. Like the the best brain pick is probably UCLA in that group. Um, but I don't know. I just don't feel good about them getting back to back with Mick Cronin. I, I don't know. That's I just. Yeah. I want to see it like if they go back to back in the final four. I just I have my doubts. Um, so I have Gonzaga, can Ken, uh, Kentucky, which I'm sure CBS and folks would die for. And then, like you said, that Midwest, I have Tennessee in the south, but that Midwest one is just I don't you know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be happy if we do this. I, I don't feel good about it. I'm putting Villanova in the final four in the R bracket. And I'll be pleasantly surprised if that's not the case. I will be Hmm. happy if that's not the case, Um, obviously. And then I'm going to say in that bottom, like, I hate that I want to put in Iowa. Like, Iowa just feels like a good value. Like, just they'll shoot. Iowa or Purdue is doing it. Like, one of those two offenses are going to be good enough to just, like, get them to the final four. I just, I go back and forth on which one it is. So, I'll say Iowa gets in out of that group, too, which is just preposterous because like we didn't even see them as a tournament team like a month ago
1: I I think the fact that Iowa's average age is like 28 or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like Jordan Bohannon's (laughs) been in school since 2003 Mm -hmm. (laughs) could play in their favor I mean like experienced teams typically do a little better in March than the more freshman sophomore heavy ones so Mm -hmm. I don't know man it's going to be interesting and like the the Midwest region it is just slop I mean like you think about it, and one one of the following teams is legally required to make the Sweet 16. LSU, mm. Iowa State, Wisconsin, or Colgate. One of those is a Sweet 16 team by default. That is really depressing.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, everyone in the SEC got fired. So I don't know if you saw this. Mike White goes to Georgia. Kwanzaa Martin fired by his best friend. Um and howling out at mississippi state dude it was a bloodbath after the uh <laughs> the season this year like we you you were going the conservative route and it made more sense but will wade fired as well with cause mm-hmm. like half the sec has job openings this off this offseason.
1: The the will wade one was the one that came the most out of left field to me because i think sort of cynically I just assumed that was going to go on in in perpetuity until like he started going 17 and 15 or something and they're like okay you're not winning anymore now we can fire you Mm. but uh I mean like even this year like the back half of the season they sucked and I guess like maybe that could be the excuse but that one was shocking and then Mike White um sort of resetting the clock at Georgia which is a I mean sort of a secret bad job I understand the sleeping giant thing but uh i don't know if people have watched mike white at florida but i would not exactly say mike white is good at the whole recruiting aspect of his job i mean yeah name the last signature recruit he got because i can't
0: um i think it's like their idea is Jonas Hayes is still coming as the lead assistant because travis Steele just got fired okay. by xavier so him being okay. the recruit so it's a two-part system it's a it's a pyramid better. scheme in athens
1: yeah that's better but like so I I would say, yeah I was conservative I guess cuz I thought Conzo would come back with the whole best friend thing even though it was not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um and I I'm, I'm not shocked that Ben Hallen got canned. I kind of thought that and I still think because the school is refusing to say it's official that uh Ben Hallen is going to quote reset his clock somewhere before being hmm. officially fired. It's like you can't fire me I quit or whatever. Mm-hmm. That'll be the Ben Hallen move. But um Yeah, obviously not surprised that the most fired man in America, Tom Crane, got canned. But like Mike White, what are you doing, man? Like, (laughs) I I understand you wanted to reset the clock, but do you realize how easy it is to just go back to your like Louisiana tech thing and like win Mm -hmm. 25 games a year over and over? And then you're like back in the exact same spot you were before getting hired at Florida. I mean, this is it. Like Mike White has to win here.
0: Like this is it. If you don't win here, it's over like you yeah, can't this, do good. this is
1: the last big time job he will get if he doesn't pull it off here
0: right and that's a big gamble man uh winning basketball games in athens uh it's not not a guarantee just ask dennis Felton. shout out to dennis Felton. i don't know what he's up to good,
1: a good man a very okay. good man
0: very good man um we'll wrap on this will stats of the week how do they pertain to the tournament what do you what do you got for us
1: I have two, and I think uh they're both gonna be like somewhat upset related, but in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I want you to think about like the very worst teams you've seen this season in terms of rim defense, like teams that maybe don't have much verticality or just like give up a really high field goal percentage at the rim, like Georgia, for example. We all remember how easy it was to score at the rim against Georgia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the very worst among 2022's NCAA tournament teams is Iowa State at 65.9%. Do you have any idea who the worst among single-digit seeds, one to nine seeds, might be? No idea. It is one seed Baylor at 64.1%. Oh, wow. So 46, 46 teams have entered the NCAA tournament since 2011 with a rim full goal percentage allowed of 64% or worse. 16 mm-hmm. of those top six seeds. Or sorry, 17. One of those 17, 2012, 2013, Michigan, who had the National Player of the Year, made the Final Four. Only Hmm. three of them got past the Sweet 16. So if you see Baylor fail to make the Final Four this year, and I think it is like their ceilings already limited with JTT being out, you can point back to that where they can't, they have some serious troubles stopping opponents down low, especially in the post. Mm. as their demise like it could be north carolina it could be like cody riley on ucla it could be something like that where they just can't stop an opponent from two Mm. so that was one and then i've got a second one that is frankly just funny do you know what the smallest spread since 1996 i hate doing the spread stuff but smallest spread since 1996 in a four versus 13 game Three and a half. It is two points and it is tomorrow's game between Providence and South Dakota State. (laughs) The smallest in history for a four to 13 game. Only Hmm. two other four to 13 games ever uh, have featured a spread of three or lower 2010 Murray State Vandy 2003 Tulsa Dayton 13 seeds won both of those games. I think you can see why I'm leaning South Dakota State in that one.
0: That's wild. Go Jackrabbits, man. Vegas loves the Jackrabbits. People forget. Uh, Statsbywill.com. You got the preview up for the Longwood game tomorrow. Um, Mm -hmm. All kinds of great stuff and great content there. So go give him a follow on Twitter at Statsbywill. If you've not already done so, go check out Statsbywill.com. Bookmark it. Check it out every day. That would be great. Um, Will, enjoy the game tomorrow. Uh, Fingers crossed that uh, the Vols take care of business. I'm not really worried about Longwood. And look, I'm just not. Let's just get to Saturday.
1: It's not an afterthought completely because, like, you got to survive in advance, but it's just like, I don't know, get it out of the way, move to Saturday, let's play Michigan probably.
0: There you go. There you go. That's going to be the fan base is there. It's going to be what my uncles are already like fired up about that one because they are upset that Juwan Howard is still caught. Like I got a lot of texts of like, why is he back on the sidelines? Did he not get suspended for the season? (laughs) There was a lot of uh, upset family members about that. So if we get Juwan Howard uh, versus Barnes on uh, on Saturday, there's gonna be a lot of Tennessee fans wondering why he's it's gonna be the same confusion as to what happened to Harrison Bailey. Where's Bailey? What what happened to Harrison Bailey? Um, it's going to be the same thing in Knoxville, Tennessee. why uh, Will, always a pleasure. And I will talk to you. And oh, he jumped off. I was about to say. What? he, Yeah, I said you <laughs> jumped off right before it. But anyway, uh, Will, talk to you soon. Yes, talk to you soon. All right, that'll do it for this edition here on the Chase Toms Podcast hope you are all prepared now for for march madness today and all that good stuff so enjoy the tournament over the next couple days folks uh one more episode coming this week i am traveling unfortunately uh tomorrow and saturday so uh kind of a limited week and into the week on the podcast front so i apologize there um yeah, it's tough. And uh, <laughs> more on that in a couple days. But um, yeah, enjoy enjoy the games. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did enjoy this podcast and you have not already done so, make sure you uh, leave a five star rating and a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. That would be great. Um, yeah, all the good stuff. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Ryder. Go visit the homepage at dot com as well for access to all of my previous episodes and more information about the show subscribe to the daily newsletter yeah the daily newsletter sports renaissance man that's me sports renaissance man.substack.com type in your email that simple all right new episode coming tomorrow uh and then hopefully one more before the end of the week but we shall see uh uncle derek how'd i do